This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we'll be interviewing Jenny Locke. Jenny is a top real estate agent in the Bay Area and has helped over 70 families buy or sell a home in the short time that she's been working as an agent. She's going to share with us the keys to her success and how she plans to help others obtain that success as well. She's incredibly inspiring, and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Here's Jenny. Go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell people how you got into real estate. So my name is Jenny Locke, and I am 26 years old in the real estate field. Originally started as a real estate investor trying to learn more about buying and holding properties myself and bought some out-of-state investments. And I originally came from corporate America, worked at Oracle Technology, and realized it was not something for me after I started diving into real estate. So I decided to get my real estate license and over the last two years helped over 70 families to purchase buying and selling homes, buying investment properties. And some of them are investors who are flipping homes as well, too. So that's where I am today. And goal here is to really help other people, especially at a young age, how to do the same just because we're we have so much potential and we have so much energy and it's all about the knowledge that you have. Um, so I'm really excited to be here today, Sean, to share a little more about my experiences. Perfect. Thank you for being here. All right. So go ahead and talk about how you got started. Okay. Uh, initially I started from reading a lot of books, going to seminars, listening to rich dad, poor dad, like a lot of other investors get started with. And then I bought my house at the age of 23 years old, leveraging home equity line of credits and getting a mortgage from the banks. So basically, I bought a house here in the Bay Area with no money down, uh, leveraging bank financing and relationships. And I bought a four bedroom, two bath home and ended up renting out the other rooms in my house to my old, old, roommates uh, from my when I was renting and then other colleagues and coworkers and realized that whatever that they were paying in rent was covering the mortgage and I didn't have to pay and like lived rent free and actually cash flowing a little bit. So that really drove me to start diving into getting other investments. I bought a out-of-state property out in Huntsville, Alabama afterwards. And I was looking at, hey, how can I buy more and more? And I was figuring out that there's something called debt to income ratio that you can't really purchase too much based on my income. So I was looking for other jobs. And how I got started was honestly um, a realtor that I was on Facebook friends with. He reached out to me and said, hey, Jenny, do you know anyone looking into getting into real estate and joining a team. And I thought about that and I was like, hmm, maybe I am because I was in the process of interviewing for other companies such as Amazon and Google and ADP and all these other companies, but realized that once I got to the final rounds, it didn't really sink. It wasn't the right fit. And after he reached out, shared the vision, um, his name is Wilson Leung. He was a finalist for a 30 under 30 realtor and brought me under his wing. And that's 
that's really where I got started and just started doing a lot of open houses and door knocking and posting on social media and getting a lot of um, business that way. So it's, it's definitely a, a grind, but it's really fun because I never think that I'm going to work. It's more so I'm going to help people every single day with my job. And I also understand what I'm selling yeah, and nice. you can physically see it <laughs> before I'm like, what is database? What is this cloud that everyone is talking about that I'm trying to sell them? <laughs> you know, you mentioned something about debt to income ratio and mm-hmm. now that you are on pretty much a full commission based income, mm-hmm. how does that affect your debt to income ratio? Yeah. So being on 1099 and commission, they will look at your past two years history. So two years of um, your 1099 to make sure you're stable. But there are certain banks that are able to be able to look at the trajectory of your growth of your statements and your income. Um, and you don't necessarily need the full two years. I actually just bought um, another investment property, a fourplex, a few months ago. However, I did partner. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I just partnered with uh, my boyfriend on purchasing that. So we're able to combine our income together. So there's a lot of creative ways that you can do to leverage debt to income ratios uh, that we don't we can do a little more (laughs) and there's also commercial and portfolio loans that we're looking at we're exploring a seven plex right now so those look more at the deal they will still look at your your overall income but they also focus more on the deal Mm -hmm. and your seven plex is going to be also in huntsville alabama so that one is in kansas city so kansas city missouri so the fourplex i bought was in kansas city okay so so you moved that's where we're looking (laughs) we're all over the place good all right. And mm-hmm. so your buyers, you said you helped out like over 70 families. Who are your typical clients? Like, mm-hmm. What is their buyer profile? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a mix of buyers that I work with. A lot of them are here being in the Bay Area. The lucky thing for us is uh, coming from that background, I'm able to connect with them on a deeper level. And a lot of them are a mix of move ups and first time home buyers. And really walking them through the steps of the details of what a contingency is and really being patient and communicative on different hours and realizing that they work during uh, the days and sometimes late nights. And I remember being on calls, reviewing an inspection report with a client that we got something under off uh, under contract, uh, but he was a bit scared until like 2 a.m. in the morning because he didn't get home from his software engineering job until 11 p.m. or so. So it's really being able to adjust to the different environments and and ultimately just realizing I'm helping people and I'm there to really support them and that they also need my help too mm-hmm. because a lot of people think that they can just go online on Redfin or Zillow and reach, in, uh, reach out to them, look at some properties and put in offers. But there's a lot of unique strategies to this and especially being in a competitive market you need someone who's out there hungry and and being able to find you deals and work quickly and also go door knock and find you off-market deals those are some of the big factors that really set me apart to help 
ex, uh, the over 70 families in the last 18 months or so. Right. I mean, customer service is a big deal, especially mm-hmm. for something that might be the biggest purchase that they've, they'll mm-hmm. ever make in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very mm-hmm. scary. And yeah. so mm-hmm. speaking more about the buyer profile. So like, you know, I'm almost 30 years old and still mm-hmm. most of my friends from high school are still thinking that buying a home in the Bay Area is impossible. So I was kind of wondering, mm-hmm. like, who are these people? Like, what is their age? Mm-hmm. What kind of roles do they have? Dual income? Mm-hmm. How many kids? That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a mixture of both. A lot of people who just got engaged or married and buying their first home. Um, but I also have helped a lot of individual um, tech folks who who are my youngest client, I believe was 22 years old when he bought his home. I bought my house at 23 years old. I'm working with a client who just graduated from college, but he's getting, uh, he has a great engineering job and with support of family as well uh, to leverage certain incomes. Uh, So maybe I can share a little about how I was able to buy at 23 years old here in the Bay area. Initially I set a goal. Okay. I want to buy a house by 28. Then after just education and learning about the markets and where it's heading and about interest rates and learning that you can borrow different ways. It's not just from you have to save a hefty amount for a down payment, but we can leverage a home equity line of credit. So my parents bought their house um, a while back and built equity over their home that they were just sitting on. So we, I taught them and they, they knew certain ways to talk to banks to get pull a home equity line of credit from their home because it wasn't doing anything anyways. So we got that to put for the down payment. And then I was able to purchase, um, get a mortgage on my own too. So I know a lot of people are scared. Oh, I can't make the payments or I can't really afford it. Or it's such a large payment. Uh, I think of it reverse. Like I was only paying $600, $700 a month in rent and it was not much. And people here in the Bay Area are paying $2,000, $3,000 a month yeah, in rent. Yeah. And when I think about that, your 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 monthly rent is going towards building someone else's wealth, paying off their mortgage, paying down their property taxes, paying down all their insurance and helping them build profit and equity. And just thinking of that, even if I was only paying six, $700, like it, it kind of frustrated me. And I was like, I need to buy a house sooner. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's more about the education and realizing it's okay to ask for help and support, especially from family that will be willing to help you. And now that my property in less than less than three years has appreciated a hundred thousand dollars every single year. So it's appreciated likely around $300,000. So what that looks like is more than a lot of people's income that they work. And I'm I'm just sitting aside collecting rent. So that's the fun part. <laughs> you don't have any cost of living either because mm-hmm. your roommates are paying for all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I have that going on. So <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what kind of challenges did you face when you first started in this industry? Because you didn't have a real estate background, right? Mm-hmm. Not too much. So I I think having a sales background really helped me. I worked in insurance sales, worked in retail. And uh, I actually think back when I was looking, when I was a uh, teenager in middle school, I would buy sneakers and, and clean them up and then flip sneakers. So I think it's more of the entrepreneurship background that I had initially. Um, and here going into real estate, 
you can definitely learn it in a short amount of time, but it's really des designating your efforts to focusing why am I in this? So it's not just about real estate, it's more about what I can do with it. It's my big why. So my big goal is to really help my parents retire. So they were immigrants who came out from China in the 1980s, not speaking any English at all and built up and really saved work long hours, 12 hour days, seven days a week. So that's where I really want to say, hey, take a break, let's go on vacation. So I, my goal this year, which I've already planned some trips around is taking them to Hawaii, they've never been there and taking them to another international trip. So uh, because I realized the older that we get, they're not getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So how about in terms of mm -hmm. getting into the business? Uh, is it hard to break in? Because mm -hmm. like, you so said you had to do a lot of hustling, mm -hmm. you know, it's like door knocking. Was that scary for you? And mm -hmm. did you have to like, oh, mm -hmm. uh, like persevere and go through? <laughs> or was it pretty simple? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, just do it. No big yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. I would say in the beginning, honestly, it was a bit tough and making calls, cold calls and door knocking, going into someone's door is not it's not the best thing or easiest thing to do. However, when I really look back and think of other people's stories and focusing on the big why, focusing on what I want to do is like helping my parents. Like if I'm not going to knock that door and help that family, um, then I'm not going to be able to hit my goal. And I just changed my mindset and just really doing affirmations like, I'm there to help them. They need my help. They need my help. Someone like whoever I called it, they're going to need my help. And it's not initially like I go out there and say, hey, do you want to sell your house? It's more so building long-term relationships. It's inviting them to local events, telling them about the open house I'm having and that we're going to have uh, wine and cheese and it's going to be a fun party. So really being personable, that's one main factor that I really changed my mindset. And I just tell tell myself my job every day is just talking to people. Mm -hmm. It's not really, really that hard. And one of my mentors, they constantly say, losing a child is hard. Having and fighting cancer is hard. But drinking black coffee is not hard. Going knocking on doors, making calls is not hard. So really realizing that we have it pretty easy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's great that you come from a mindset of, look, I'm not knocking on this door to make money. I'm on, I'm knocking on this door to help this family sell their house or help them buy a new home. And I'm doing this so that my parents mm -hmm. can have a great retirement. That's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank so yeah, you. you've been doing big things in 2018. So what are your goals for 2019 mm -hmm. and beyond? Like, how are you planning on expanding mm -hmm. and doing more? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for asking. So uh, I set out a lot on uh, my last year of the last month of, of retreat of going through, hey, what am I going to do? And realizing that I can double and triple certain goals that I'm going to have. So my goal this year is to help 100 families personally. Last year, I helped 50 families. So doubling that goal. And then that's going to be a mixture of buyers and sellers and purchasing. Um, I don't know exactly the number, but my goal is to have 30 units total with my boyfriend. We currently have nine units. So that's the next big step of really in doing what I preach, like investing and buying properties. Because being a real estate agent 
who doesn't invest themselves, they don't really truly think of um, the other side because it is a big investment. Even if it's some $100,000 property out of state, it's the, the down payment that I'm putting. It's a lot of hard work that I put into it. So those are some other goals. Other personal goals is to travel monthly. I, uh, it's going to be between education, taking my parents on trips, and then uh, personal fun too, because realizing it's not really about the money. It's really creating that lifestyle uh, um, that I want and seeing the world and getting fulfillment from that. And other goals are also to help 10 people make $200,000 plus a year. And <laughs> thank you. So um, my last name is Locke. So I always have my hashtag unlock your potential. So I want to help unlock the potential of others realizing that they can do the same too. And currently I'm leading seven members, uh, seven agents right now. So we're looking to bring on three more agents that I can really coach and guide them to uh, get to the success and realize that they can meet their big why, their big goals. Some examples of people on my team, they want to purchase their par- uh, their parents a home because they got foreclosed on in 07, 08. So they've been renting for a long time. And another one is to pave the roads in Mexico where her family grew, grew up. Um, so those are little things here and there that truly make an impact on other people's lives. So I'm excited to really make a big shift. Yeah, <laughs> that's really year. cool. So a hundred mm-hmm. uh, families a year means that you need to close on two deals personally. So how are you going to do that? Is that with your team of seven or 10 people and having them mm-hmm. go out and work uh, with you to do those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a mixture. We're a very collaborative team where sometimes that I might not be able to uh, do a showing for a client. So it, it is going to be collaborative. Um, our goal as a team is to help 200 families. However, I want to coach the people on, like that I'm leading um, to get to at least 100. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, do you mind sharing? Like what, what are your plans? Like how are you going to make them get to 100 mm-hmm. as a team? Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of things go back to knowing the big picture, focusing on the vision and giving them the the confidence that they can do it and really going through time blocking and being very intentful of your day. So it's also having fun too, because if you're grinding a hundred hours a week and not taking any time for yourself, you're going to burn out and you're not going to fe- fully be present for your clients and really be able to help them find the right home if you're not giving your time um, themselves. So really pushing them to do fun things. We're going to Tahoe as a team um, this year or this week, so just because we've helped and hit our goals as a team last year. So those are fun things that we're going to do. We're doing monthly bonding trips. So we did um, escape room. So that was really fun to be collaborative. We're going to go go-kart racing. We're going to go to New Orleans for our conference for fam- uh, family reunion, which is our company conference. So a lot of things here and there that really spark up um, the energy and the camaraderie within the team. And it's also going through a rigid program too, where a lot of real estate agents out there, they 
wake up whenever they want. They like the flexibility, but we really truly run it similar to a business where we still go into the office every morning at 8 a.m. and we go through our gratefuls and our accomplishments of the day before, what we're going to accomplish on the current day, and then go into rigid schedule of going through our calls and our knocks and still having fun with it too. So your goal is over 100 houses amongst your team, which is 10 people. Mm -hmm. So that's 10 houses a year Mm -hmm. per person. So that's going to be done through phone calls and door knocking and yada, yada. And you guys Mm -hmm. all do that as a team. Like how do they get the leads and how do they know, all right, you're going to be walking this path or you're going to be calling mm-hmm. these numbers, are they all doing that individually? Or are you kind of assigning, hey, here's your territory, take over this part, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we do have farming areas of neighborhoods that we really focus on. And we look at the turnover in the areas too. So really creating a brand around the neighborhood that um, they're focusing on of 800 to 1,000 homes and just going out there, building, inviting them to our local events. We're having a, a partnership with a local brewery where we're just inviting people, hey, free beer, and they're sponsoring the beer too uh, awesome. because we're putting out the name of this local brewery, Armstrong Brewing out in South San Francisco. And then our clients and our neighbors all get to chat with us about their real estate goals and realizing there's going to be so many channels that we can um, find clients and business to help. Um, So it's from door knocking and calls and we have a very extensive database and how we follow up on people too. So it's not about like the calls are not like, Hey, you want to buy or sell? It's more so, Hey, we want to invite you to this event. We want to uh, provide value to you. And there's an educational event that we have. So we've also, done accessory dwelling unit workshops, how to do an add-on or addition on your property, how to create a state plan for yourself, how to, even for like first-time home buying seminars, we do a lot of that. So we're fun, community, and educational-based. That makes sense. So you're just out there as like the go-to for real estate knowledge. Like you host these Mm -hmm. big events, you host these educational workshops, and then when they feel like hey, I need to sell my house. Who do I go to? Oh yeah, this one group that keeps sending me stuff and I go yeah. to their events and they're fun people. I know them. Mm-hmm. So I use them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. We want to we make it not too much pressure, but realizing, hey, we are, we are knowledgeable. That's how last year we helped over 100 families. Um, t- this year as a team, we'll ideally help 200 plus families. Nice. Uh, do you guys do any mm-hmm. kind of marketing, like direct mail or advertisements, radio? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do direct mail. We would do every door direct mail and uh, blanket marketing. We also create a stakeholders guide as a team um, of focus on a certain area. And these are all the, the new things happening with the city. Here's some coupons of the local brewery or these uh, acai place bowls, like new businesses. So we partner with a lot of businesses and then also share stories of of previous clients we've helped in this booklet so it's overall a whole resume and portfolio that they get uh, for us and it's fun to read too sure so we do that um and then other other marketing that we do is just through like yelp and online that has been pretty helpful and through little things here and there <laughs> and then there's a lot promote, like, discounts for this acai bowl place they're sponsoring your direct mail too right so you don't have to pay as much for marketing costs 
so they sponsor us through different ways, but they they will help us um, pay for part of the marketing. And then they're also giving us some free breakfast too. Which awesome. Is nice. That's right. Free food and, and also with the events as well too. And then do you know how much you guys send so, out and how often do you touch the same home? We touch the same home. Our goal is to touch every single home um, that we're focusing on once a month. And it's either through direct mail or us actually physically door knocking them. Okay. So we send the stakeholders guide twice um, twice a year. And then we also send calendars, like sports calendars, Giants calendars, um, Warriors calendars uh, three times a year. Okay. So those are other ways that we've been really building our brand and, and business because we're providing value in some way. And a lot of people like sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see this calendar I have right here. I, I just got it from a bank because I needed one. Oh, nice. yeah, <laughs> well, I need to send you one then. You should send me one. I would, I would love one. <laughs> I'll be on your fridge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the group? Mm, I would say just go out there and do it and meet people and, and we're always here to help too. I know Sean, he's always very helpful and open to having conversations. So never be afraid of asking for help too, because if you're just trying to read all these books and seminars and uh, go to like re look at videos without actually talking to people face to face, you're not going to fully gain and learn as quickly as possible. So I'd say just put yourself out there and it's also okay to be vulnerable too. And saying, Hey, I don't know this and Hey, can you help um, guide me? But another thing I really, really hone in on is find out what your focus is too. And, try to bring value of people you're trying to meet. So if it's bringing in a deal or uh, making a connection, because a lot of people um, might be bombarded by, oh, can you be my mentor? Can you be my mentor? But then, hey, what value can you bring first? So uh, we realize every single hour of our day is precious and there's going to be a lot that is going on. So mm -hmm. that's one long tip of advice. Cool. So yeah, if someone wants to be like a top realtor like yourself, what advice would you give them if they're just starting out in the business? Mm -hmm. Like they're fresh. They, they moved mm -hmm. from LA like you. All right, I'm in a new mm -hmm. area. What do I do? Mm -hmm. I would say take people out to lunch and really show what value you can bring. So how I... I went to my team leader, Wilson, and was like, hey, I physically hand wrote over 100 direct mail pieces to a pre-foreclosure list, and I'm going to get you listing. So this is how we can partner together. So really showing value, not saying like, oh, I have sales background or, or just talking about yourself, really showing some value and standing out to get a, men a great mentor um, that is willing to teach and coach you. Because it's all about the relationships that you build in this business. And you, you'll also realize that it's also a very small community too. So people from all different um, areas, they're going to meet people and they're like, oh yeah, I met Jenny here and she's really great or she hosts this meetup. Or if you do something negatively as well too on the opposite spectrum, that's going to come back to you and they're going to be like, oh no, don't work with Jenny or something. So that's where... I try to always come from contribution and value and be helpful to as many people as possible. Right. It makes sense. So basically, mm -hmm. if you're fresh, find out, I guess, who is a top player and then find out someone who is able to help you out, find a way to mm -hmm. provide value for them. 
mm-hmm. and then show them, have them, or I guess work under their team. So it's not just, I'm going to get my license and I'm going to join Coa Bank or Keller Williams. Like that's not effective mm-hmm. enough. You need to find the actual team mm-hmm. that's doing really well and then mm-hmm. work for them yeah. and provide could, them value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be a team, but if you want to do it by yourself as a solo agent as well, but it's, it's still really key to find a good mentor uh, because there's things that you can, all these things that just taking your real estate license exam, it's not going to teach you how to really be a real estate agent or a successful one in real life. So it's also constant improvement and growing too and realizing that it's okay to get feedback and constantly changing and feeding your knowledge of the market and being that go-to person, not just about real estate, but like where the market is heading and um, also putting all these connections together. Like today I posted a post, like looking for great contractors. So really being able to create a whole list of, of being that connector. So I'm going to piece people together, even though they're not going to buy with me, I'm still going to connect with them to someone else that can help. And I've gotten a lot of referrals that way. And once they are ready, they're like, hey, Jenny, my brother's looking to sell his house. And that's been the greatest source like of, of business is just through referrals and word of mouth, mouth that eventually, hopefully that we don't have to consistently keep calling, cold calling and door knocking anymore. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you become the go-to person mm-hmm. for any mm-hmm. real estate related question that they mm-hmm. have. So mm-hmm. going back to mentors, like how how does one know, all right, this is the person that I want to be like an apprentice under? How do you mm-hmm. choose your mentor? Mm-hmm. I think one of the first things is really seeing if they come from integrity. So making sure that they're going to look out for for people's best interests and it's not self-serving out of their own interests. So I think that's one of the main main things that I saw in Wilson and within my company at Keller Williams, every single person was very helpful and they they were always open to having conversations and sometimes they would also be blunt and honest too, saying, hey, don't waste your time on that. <laughs> and people who are tough on you too, because that's going to really help you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want someone just saying yes to everything you need someone to challenge you yeah. to let you know if you're mm-hmm. messing up yeah yeah and also realizing that their time is valuable too and sometimes that when we ever when i do ask a, a silly question um and being being firm and saying okay like i can answer your questions after my call block time and usually whenever my mentees ask me questions while I'm making my calls that i've already time blocked um, by the time afterwards, I'm like, hey, I, what was the question you had? They're like, oh, I already figured it out. And a lot of things you can really Google and figure out through Google and save a lot of people's time. Sure. But if it's serious questions, then I'm always willing to help, but also realizing time is important. And that's going back to being very intentional of every half hour, every minute of your day. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, what kind of questions mm-hmm. do you have for me? As a realtor, I, talk yeah. to an investor. I, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, as a realtor myself, what are some key factors that really stands out for you when you've work, you're working in selling or buying homes uh, that you're looking for flipping and investing? Uh, so in terms of like the property itself or in terms of location? More so, what made the realtors that you've worked with in the past stand out and what 
successes that you saw when they listed your property or when you bought through them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So service is definitely the number one important part. And uh, so I have my license, but I don't practice. Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. I got my license mostly because my dad is also a broker. And he said, all right, in the future, if you need it, you can get your broker's license exam and then you can do whatever you want with it. I said, fine. So I got it. It's easy anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't list my own properties because I figured that other agents such as yourself, you already have the whole system in place. Like you already have people who you can contact to make the process very smooth. Whereas if I try to list my own properties, then I have to deal with you know, hosting open houses. I have to deal with talking to escrow companies and I have to also go out and talk to other agents to bring them to my open houses in the first place. On top of mm-hmm. that, there's liability if you're mm-hmm. listing your own property. So mm-hmm. that's why I listed with someone who I think is like really good. They have all the systems yeah. in place and then just mm-hmm. send it out. And my logic yeah. is also that the commission that I pay them will be small compared to the extra uh, sell, like the higher sales price that they're going to get from them mm-hmm. listing it versus me listing it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. my logic for now anyways. But yeah, with working with an agent, I love people who can communicate very quickly. You know, we are in a very fast-paced society. We all have cell phones. So if I send you a text or an email, there's no reason that I don't get some kind of reply or acknowledgement within one hour. Just like, yeah, I got it. Like, I'm busy, but I'll get to you soon. Because mm-hmm. if you're ghosting me or leaving me hanging for a long time, then you get irritated because it's like, I know you saw my text. Just send, it, send, me, a, <laughs> send me a text back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah that's basically it awesome. that's why I look for in an agent anyways yeah yeah what are your goals for 2019 oh my goals for 2019 that's funny. yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah obviously I'm still doing I'm still flipping homes uh, I'm making this podcast into a bigger thing I want to host more meetups so uh, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a void of meetup groups in the South Bay especially where where I live most of them are in like the west side and mm-hmm. some of them are on the east side, so there's nothing really on the south South Bay. Mm-hmm. So we host some groups there. And yeah, yeah, I want to contact with more agents as well to get mm-hmm. more leads and then just do more deals. Yeah. How many deals? How many deals? To be honest, uh, maybe five. We'll see. Okay, we'll help you with that goal then. <laughs> Thank you. Please help me with that goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm still still a baby fish trying to grow. Yeah. <laughs> but I was talking to other investors. They only do like maybe six deals a year, but each deal has mm-hmm. an enormous amount of profit, which make it worth mm-hmm. their time. Whereas mm-hmm. in like other states, they need to do like 80 deals. They need big volume because each deal only gives you like a little bit. So to mm-hmm. get the same amount, you need to do a lot more volume, which mm-hmm. which is a pain because every house mm-hmm. is you know so much work involved, yeah. so much things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one one other goal is really a lot of my my deals and transactions or families helped are more smaller however i'm excited to save up more and find my own deal too because i do come across them however i think it's a risk of i don't don't know the details of of construction as much that's right <laughs> but i think that's where i'm really excited to work and meet with other investors to really hone in and talk to these contractors about, hey, knowing off the bat, okay, this is a good deal or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially what you're doing, you're networking with so many people in your, like, you know, contractors and you can see their work and you can talk to them about their different pricing. So get bids from different mm-hmm. contractors. And then you sometimes even know investors who have done it before. And then mm-hmm. you just take all these different people and 
put them together and the project works mm-hmm. really well. Yes, yeah. yeah. What areas do you usually cover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work a lot in San Mateo County and all over the Bay Area. I've gone as far as Pleasant Hill, sold homes in Cupertino, and a bunch in San Francisco. However, I do a lot of business here, specifically in San Mateo County. But I realize it's more about negotiation and hustling. It's, it doesn't really matter about the location as much. Uh, so I'm willing to help anywhere. So definitely uh, reach out to me if you have questions or know of anyone that might want to just sit down and chat over coffee to learn about the areas of investing, buying here, or even out of state. Cool. And how can people get in contact with you? You can reach out to me. You can call me. My cell phone number is 650-250-3050. I think that's the best way to reach out to me. Uh, You can look me up online as well. Jenny Locke, J-E-N-N-I-E-L-O-K, Keller Williams on Yelp and other pages as well too. Cool. Ooh, I, I, I ran into Bell in the Wind yesterday oh nice okay yeah me and my dad we went open houses and then uh we saw her there how'd you know i knew her no we were just talking and then like it came out she was like oh san mateo and then i'm like do you know like wilson young and she's like oh yeah she's my good friend and i'm like oh so do you know mm-hmm. jane locks oh yeah oh, uh, like, oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um bell kind of helped me get into the team because she she saw me interviewing with wilson and then she was like Who's, who's this girl? Like, she's awesome. She needs to be in. And then she called me. I thought she was on Wilson's team. She's like, hey, Jenny, when are you ready to start? <laughs> Basically, because I wasn't ready to leave my job at Oracle yet. And then after seeing her successful um, path, and she's a young female as well, too. I was like, if she can do it, I can do it, too. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that must have been really scary, taking know. that leap of faith of quitting your full-time mm-hmm. job for you know yeah uh, making six figures at oracle was great however i think it was more so the fulfillment aspect of um i wanted to make more of a change in people's lives and it's not just about the money then afterwards helping however many families i did um my first year i think i helped about 20 20 something families the first year and i was like oh I can make a living out of this. I was able to double double my income and now um, triple my income from that year. So those wow. there's no ceiling and thresholds. And if you really come from integrity and think more about the client, just being communicative, the business and the clients will come. But it's also realizing my my own sanity too, that I, I need to take time for myself. So last year I went on multiple trips, went to Italy for a week. Uh, my boyfriend made it to President's Club and then we went to Yacht Week in Croatia for a week. And went to I went to Costa Rica personally for a meditation retreat for a week and New York and LA, a lot of travel. So I, I love traveling. And you couldn't <laughs> so do I think that really, full-time day job at Oracle, right? There's no way. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. He would be like, um, you're out of PTO like what are you doing so really owning my time back even though we're part of a team and we're very structured but as long as you get your your things done then we're we're very flexible of taking time off and I think I was in New York for like three whole weeks and working and writing offers from home but I'm um, having my team members do the showings for me and closing deals 
uh, while on vacation. So Jeez. that's really nice to get some checks in. <laughs> that's what's up. What, what mm -hmm. is President's Club? You mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. So President's Club is usually large corporations like Salesforce, Oracle, ADP. That's where he works. It's a top um, top 5%. Uh, usually or top certain percent of the salespeople. And then it's an all expense paid trip to somewhere every year. Oh, so this it. year we'll be going to Austria, uh, to Vienna. Last year was a cruise around Italy. Wow. So yeah, I'm pushing him like, you just need one more deal to, <laughs> to get for us to go to Vienna. And he has until June, but he only needs to close one more deal. So he's almost there. <laughs> so you guys are a bunch of high achievers. <laughs> wow. go-getters and i think it it's also important to like surround yourself with people who are pushing and we always challenge each other so that's good Damn. and we have fun too we saw you at life is beautiful yeah absolutely yeah. would you, you ever consider doing like an mba or something just for like oh yeah i'm a harvard mba whatever stafford mba I was just thinking about that this morning and I don't know. I was actually looking um, at the, I know Berkeley has the like real estate and design focus of a graduate program. So I was actually looking into that. I see. So I know I want to stay in the Bay area. I don't think I want to go out to Ivy league in the East coast. I moved from New York. So I'm like, I don't want to be back in the cold. Stafford, um, it's right here. Yeah, well, uh, my actual goal in the future is to become a Stanford professor. Oh, really? So, yeah, I want to oh. share a story. So, my um, when I was like a little kid, I would teach my stuffed animals and just be a teacher. And they all had those white and black marble notebooks with their names on them. <laughs> and I would just write on a chalkboard. So I always actually had a dream to become a teacher. And I actually got uh, into Teach for America um, during my last year of college for my full-time job. But my dad said, no, we did not pay for USC tuition to become a teacher. So I took the different route and became, um, started work at Oracle instead. However, I still had that itch to really teach and become a professor. And my main goal is to become a professor at Stanford. That's awesome. And yeah, I'm hopefully we'll teach People, financial wealth, sales and negotiation, yeah. and real estate investing. I think there's a lot of core classes that are not really honed in on in the like undergraduate environment that is very helpful for us. Like, I wish I learned a lot of these things earlier on in college and really teach, teach people, hey, just through mindset and education that you can do a lot. Sick. I would take your class. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Dude, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But no, you'll be like a co-teacher a co or a guest teacher one day. <laughs> sure, I'll be a co-teacher. Actually, one of our professors, his mm -hmm. name is Professor Bristow. He taught technology management classes at UCLA. This guy was a baller. He's like on mm -hmm. the board of different companies, but he saw a time to come teach at UCLA. And we were like, wow, yeah. how does he do it? That's yeah. going to be you. You're going to have all these things yeah. going on, all these different properties, big real estate yeah. business. And you're like, yep, yeah. I'm here teaching you kids yeah. how to do this, this, and this. Yeah. I want to teach at USC and Stanford and maybe UCLA. So okay. I don't know. You can do all three, like just fly <laughs> in between. You can. Yeah. Anything's possible. <laughs> Anything like, is possible. Anything's <laughs> possible. Man. Mm -hmm. I love, no, honestly, I love that you have like really big goals and, uh, mm -hmm. and like you're actually doing it. 
you know, it's not all talk. Yeah. It's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. My goal actually also is to make a million dollars this year, but I didn't want to put that in because it's too, okay. too selfish. <laughs> is it too selfish? Here's the thing. All right. That's, that's my goal too. Maybe not this year because again, my full-time day job pays a lot, but it does hold you back quite a bit because it lets you be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Million dollars this year. My goal is how do you make 10 a year? So you have to start thinking outside the box. Yeah, that's like the, that's my goal. I think maybe five years or so. How do you make 10? And I met this guy at another meetup like two days ago and he has the same goal as me. So I was like, what? This is weird. And we started talking back and forth about different ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's already mm-hmm. doing seven figures up in Oregon. He has like mm. a flippy business going on over there. So he's yeah. moved here because he doesn't like the rain. <laughs> and he's like, all right, how do you break into the Bay Area market? How is he going to make 10 mm-hmm. million a year? I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's doable. It's definitely doable. There's people yeah, doing Grant it. Cardone, yeah, Grant Cardone, he built it from nothing. And Grant Cardone used to be a heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's so. a big player. Like, it's absolutely possible. Think yeah. about this Keller Williams, right? Those two, mm-hmm. two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just mm-hmm. realtors too. And then they started this big firm mm-hmm. and now they're definitely making over $10 mm-hmm. million a year. Definitely. Way more than that. <laughs> Doing no work, right? Because you guys do all the work. <laughs> they just speak and teach, but yeah. Yeah. And, and at some point, it's, money's like just, yeah, it's just a number. It's like playing mm-hmm. playing games. Mm-hmm. Something I heard from Jesse Itzler. Uh, do you know who he is? Mm. So he wrote, I don't have the book. Um, but he he was a self-made billionaire. So he was originally like a rapper and grew up in New York and then eventually built a business and sold marquee jets to Warren Buffett. So he created this jet company where it's like pay by like renting it out because all these celebrities didn't want to buy their own private jet, but they would buy like 10 subscriptions, like a pass for 10 and have jets fly them back and forth. And sold it to Warren Buffett. He also made Zika water really big and sold it to Coca-Cola. And he ran a hundred miles and like within one day, within 24 hours. So he's intense. And then he is married to Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, who's also a self-made billionaire. Yeah. They're the power couple. <laughs> and what what she said is that it's really, really fun to make money. It's really really fun to spend money but it's also really really fun to give money away so i think that's one really big thing to give back to the world that's true mm-hmm. yeah i like that good catching up i'm excited thank you so much for being on this podcast jenny really appreciate it thank you for having me i'm excited to help others and anyone feel free to reach out anytime i'm happy to help all right thanks bye, bye. here are some of the key takeaways that i got Mindset is everything. Her team comes in the office every morning and writes down their affirmations and gratitude lists to remind themselves what they're working so hard for. And they're coming from a place of service. So when they make those phone calls or when they knock on doors, they aren't just interested in earning a commission, but they're genuinely trying to help other people find a new home. They come across as the go-to real estate professionals who host happy hours and neighborhood mixers as well as presentations about different realistic topics. And so to her, this isn't work, it's fun. And it's also important to have a bigger goal, a why. And hers is to give her parents an awesome retirement and also to enable each member of her team to make $200,000 a year each. 
hey, she says she has three more spots left, so if anyone's interested, I highly recommend reaching out to her. Don't be shy, she's really nice. One of the quotes that I really liked was when she said, losing a child is hard, dealing with cancer is hard, but drinking black coffee and making phone calls is not hard, and we do have it pretty good. And like I mentioned in other podcasts, I've personally had difficulties making those phone calls and talking to people. So I think I just need to change my mindset. And instead of thinking about the dollar bills and how much profit I'm going to make and my needs, I should think about how am I helping the sellers or how am I helping the agents that I'm talking and working with? It needs to come from a place of love. So Jenny, thank you for being on the show today. It was very enlightening and I'll see you around soon. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.